Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Space dance party. Yeah. Don't you feel like you're like floating into the moon? Always. At that like big. That was intense. Thank you. It's like taking like, us to church. You know that was. Thank you. Like that little. What was it? The anniversary of the landing on the moon. Yeah. We recently had. That's what it reminded me of. Like going True off. Because I went yes. down to the mall and saw that actually. Oh, you did. I did. Oh shit. We're on the air. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Beauty RKO, your fashion history comedy podcast, <laughs> broadcasting live on full service radio from the Line Hotel in DC. I am your host, Professor Noir, with Mundy. Mundy. Mix Mundy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. It's Friday. Oh, my God. You have a moon on your tits. I got the moon right here, baby. You got the moon just right here on full your chest. Moon. Yes. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. We're going to the pool later. Yeah. We've already talked. I just thought about that. I'm really excited to go to the pool. I want to wear nothing but sunshine. Her house looks like the Shire, everyone. <laughs> it literally does. It looks like the Playboy Mansion meets the Shire. Yes. Um, <laughs> clothing optional. Clothing optional. <laughs> <laughs> so many things have happened this week. I know. So many things. Well, I recently. I'm just going to jump into it. I need to clean out the closet. This is the closet clean portion. Closet clean portion. You know, like, we definitely like to talk about history. We definitely like to laugh. So there's going to be a lot of shady things happening. Always. And a lot of education. The library is open. Get your library cards, kids. Get your reading glasses. This is your fashion history comedy freaking podcast. (laughs) But... I, speaking of fashion history, or just fashion in general, so I just came back from a bachelorette weekend for my best, one of my best friends in the entire world. Her name is Cassandra. Um, she's getting married in October. I am one of the persons of honor. Aww. I'm super excited. Um, I have a really fabulous outfit. We're going to look like her Victorian maids. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> These, like, big, giant, black, like, lantern sleeve shirts yes. and, like, high-waisted tux. We're going to look amazing. But for this, like, bachelorette, we went out to the, we went, she lives in New York, in Manhattan, well, she lives in Brooklyn, and we went upstate to Cocksacky, which is the funniest name, Cock and Sack, girl, they named it that, they went there, someone apparently had big balls when they named this town, and they were just like, you know what, let's stamp this what it is. Let's let people know we're all about here. The sack. So we're at, we went to Cock and Balls, New York. Um, And we stay at this beautiful house called Windriff Hall. Mm. It, is a, it is a 18th century colonial home. Wow. Like, like just like manor house. And it had beautiful bedrooms. It was, completely, it was not completely redone. It was like restored and redone. It was like El Decor does like rustic upstate. So like everything was so super chic. It was ridiculous. Like big tables, giant flowers, nice. just unnecessarily big things. Love you know, <laughs> old rustic things. You know, it's just like you could get a new one. But... You know what? I get it. I get it. Um, and 
the whole thing was just beautiful. It was just a full Pinterest moment. And I was just like, and the funny thing is like, because everyone knows I love Pinterest. And I made a Pinterest board for like, because I had to help host this. Oh, I was playing. I was one of the persons of honor. So it was like me, my friend Olivia, um, our other friend Alex and our other friend CJ. We had to like execute this shit. Oh, wow. And so I had to plan. Oh, I need some. I need something to drink. I'm thirsty. Um, Like after talking about this. Yeah, as like soon as already. you walked in here, her friend was like, you need to hydrate, girl. You've been riding your bicycle. I know. That was a problem. So anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I rode my bicycle here again. So anyway, so we had to like execute this beautiful thing. And, you know, the weekend was beautiful. We had a great time. We tie-dyed like t-shirts and stuff with indigo. That's fine. Because Alex just can't do a regular red or blue. She needed indigo because she's amazing like that. Um, like her wedding colors were rust and marigold. Like Amazing. that's how she is, Amazing. not yellow and orange. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> love her. Um, and because she's fabulous. So we like tie dyed with indigo, which is beautiful, looked like a freaking cult by the end of it. And then we had this beautiful dinner on Saturday night, which was like the thing I was like looking up to, like I was waiting for. Because I always wanted to have this big lavish dining al fresco moment with her and like make a beautiful girl feast wildflowers on the table beautiful chandelier from like the tree hanging over a solar powered giant chandelier love it it was candlelit everywhere it was stunning nice and it was pinterest okay it was Pinterest. How was your weekend? <laughs> Ooh, you can hear the rustle of that cookie paper right there. <laughs> I just got a big giant cookie, everyone. Eat that cookie. From the cup. What is it? The cup we run for? What is it? I don't know. It's the, the coffee shop. The cup we all race for. The, the cup we all race for. This <laughs> fabulous coffee shop. They're so nice. If you're at the Line Hotel, you, they're not even paying me for this. I just really like them. They're great. <laughs> really nice. Yeah. And their baked goods are so good. But how was your weekend while I eat this cookie? <laughs> My weekend was amazing. I went to a retreat called Anahata's Purpose up in the Poconos in the Ana, mountains. Anahata's Anahata's Purpose. Anahata's Purpose. Anahata's Purpose. What? You got something on the brain, baby. <laughs> Must be dick on the brain. Sorry, no, oh, I think my mom's listening to this. I'm sorry, mom. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, it was amazing. I'm glowing. Just like totally got back in touch with all of the things that matter. With your moon tits. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Hold on. Well, what was this thing? What was this retreat? Like, what um, was this cult that you went to? It was a wellness retreat. It was, there was yoga and art with intent and lots of music. And there just happened to be a meteor shower happening. So got to see lots of shooting stars and... Um, a lot of ecstatic dance. So you would like go through the sunflower field to the top of the mountain and find like 20 people on the top of the mountain just like dancing their souls. It was everything. So who brought those drugs? <laughs> and it was actually a sober event as well. I, I did sound it like it. Cool. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. No, it definitely does. That uh, sounds beautiful. I love a sober event because you know that the people you're meeting are like real. Genuine, yeah. Because like a lot of times I'll be like, why is everyone around me acting so weird? Oh, right, they're all twisted. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you're sober now. <laughs> yeah. You're so. sober now. You're living the sober life. Yeah, how to is, some degree. <laughs> how is, how, what is that like for you? Um, it's actually really great. I feel stronger. I feel clearer. Um, and it's easier for me to find um, gratitude and things to be joyful about. As I drink my naked juice, not living the sober life, I just had a lot of champagne last night. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, tequila doesn't count, right? Tequila doesn't count. That's from nature. 
It's from the agave. It's from the agave. It's from the agave. Yes. Oh, more closet clean. I had something else on here that's really fabulous. Some little bit of news. What's well, big news? Model of the year is now this beautiful, beautiful African model. So models.com is a very popular website. I want to say it was starting in the early 2000s and um, the early aughts, as I like to say. <laughs> do you like to say that? I do now. <laughs> So much fun in the early aughts. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the early aughts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying now. I don't know. <laughs> I love that woman's pants, though. Oh, no, her pants are amazing. This window fabulous. is so good. I love this window. You guys have to come down. And to just the glass enclosed line center. Come down to the line. If you ever have a chance, every Friday we're here. And just come sit in the lounge. But just understand the, the things that we see. We see you looking at us, looking at you, looking at us. The inception of looks. And, you know, it's fabulous for us. Yes. There's a lot of material happening. We haven't even talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but so this model, her name is um, Odu Akech. Oh, and God, she's gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous. She does look a little bit like Lupita Nyong'o, which is, like, obviously, like, people have already commented on that. Um, but nonetheless, like, she's a beautiful, beautiful, dark beautiful woman and models.com is a website that like has a lot of industry information for a long time they did like just like rankings and it was they had the big names on there but they weren't necessarily involved and now the industry has caught on over time and it's now like an industry website Mm -hmm. and so the industry is very involved in like the rhetoric that goes on and what happens there and it does make it does like make or break you to a certain degree as a model and so on models.com she they always have like a ranking on who's like top model and she is now top model beating out the hadiths work bitch i know (laughs) i know this is like kind of very here for it it's super mage it's super it's super mage um, wow. but, but yeah, she scored She scored the industry vote for Model of the Year with established supermodel Gigi Hadid scoring the Reader's Choice vote and Gigi Hadid's sister Bella coming in runners-up. Um, so yeah, like this is not... I mean, like, yeah, you have the Reader's Choice, which is definitely like more the public, you know, and like who is more exposed? Like the Hadids are very exposed, so they're for everywhere. sure. Yeah, they're everywhere, so for sure. And they're getting re- really great p- campaigns, doing great work. And, you know, they're not necessarily not working. I mean, Bella definitely, like, gives a lot on the runway and in, t- and in the photographs. You know True. what I mean? So she does have a talent for it. But when you have the industry saying, no, like, this is the face that is the standard and, like, this is the talent that is the standard, like, definitely says a lot. Absolutely. She's a goddess. She is a goddess. She's a, she's a supreme goddess. Yes. Um, also, I don't think I've ever really talked about this guy before. But again, I was at that coffee shop getting this cookie, mm-hmm. and my lovely man who was ringing me up for this cookie, he was like, oh, have you heard about this guy that dresses in Victorian clothing in London? I was just like, yes, I have. This man is my husband. I really <laughs> he just need- doesn't know it yet. He just doesn't know it yet. And he's like, oh, I think he's taken. Because apparently on like social media, he's just like telling people, like, I'm taken. Like, thank you for all the compliments. But like, it's just so much. I'm just like, look, you were meant to be with me. So, you know, love dies. <laughs> Receive the love. Receive the love that I'm trying to give you in my petticoat. Let me love you. Let me love you. <laughs> His name is Zach McLeod Pinson. He's 25, and he dresses in Regency period clothing. Excellent. So Regency, for people who don't know, is actually like a really big turning point in the male identity. We're going away from the idea of the fop 
or the macaroni, which is the British version of the fop, which is heavily painted in like makeup, wigs, ruffles, you know, really over the top clothing. And now we're seeing a male who is very pared down, streamlined, showing off like a very like beautiful physique. So that's when like exercising and working out actually became fashion. Right. So showing that off, giving this like kind of um, Y shape to the silhouette where mm-hmm. it was a bolt, like a more broad shoulder right. than a very thin waist into a long leg. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also the time of showing off your junk. True. So yeah, that's when we're getting into the wearing of the Prince Albert, which was a piercing worn down at like the left or the right leg of the pants to help pull the penis and kind of give Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Not everyone was wearing it. It was a very extreme thing to do, but nonetheless, it was in the dandy fashion. You can thank Bo Brummel. Yes, I seem to have misunderstood what that was until you just that's, described it in that's, such great detail. That's what it was. And I it wasn't it was called, something else. And it wasn't called the Prince Albert before. Like that didn't come in. That name didn't come until fashion until after Prince Albert, Birdie, Dirty Birdie, Queen Victoria's son was like very well known for being like you know, a hedonist and a partier and, you know, being very sexual. So then they kind of gave that, the idea of that kind of hedonistic dandy aesthetic onto his character and onto his reputation. Anyway, um, but this guy dresses in Regency gear. Kind of now wondering if he wears the piercing. I know, right? Kind of now wondering. Like, Uh, are you going full? Like, like how period are you being? Like, how period are you being? Yeah. You know, like, let me know. Are you serving all of the realness? This, yeah, are you serving (laughs) bald realness? (laughs) Like, bald Regency realness. Like, are you giving that to us, Zach McCloud? But people should look him up. Um, he does have, like, he has a video that was done on BBC News about him. It's on YouTube. It's very accessible. You know what? Maybe, you know what we should do? We should post the link on um, onto the Facebook. Yeah. Do you want to do that, like, during the break? We'll post it onto Facebook. Yeah, onto- and the Instagram. If you don't follow us, please do. We're about to be blowing it up way more. Blowing it up way more. Just, like, tons of pictures, a lot of education things. Mm-hmm. Um, Thursday Thoughts. Um, I'm really into that. And tell them what your definition of thought is. Um, oh, just still hot bitches from the past. Right. Oh. <laughs> right. But like your specific thoughts are the ones from the past. Not but from like the past. that hottie over there like yesterday. No, no, not yesterday. I'm talking about the ones from the past. Because exactly. beautiful people have existed for many, many generations. Okay. And I have this thing about really hot dudes from the past. I've been collecting like this Pinterest board. I'm so embarrassing myself right now. Maybe this is why I'm single. <laughs> ah, mysteries, well, well, mysteries. Look, I'm gonna let's take a little break. Let's towel ourselves off. I'm gonna fan myself down over here, talking about all these beautiful men. Yeah, so I got a fan for you right here. Right my there, favorite ooh, beautiful, accessory. Beautiful, like yellow fan. It's yeah, gorgeous. my parents got me this in France. Oh my god, that's beautiful. Oh, that's so lovely. She's fanning you, me boo. right now. I got you. Um, so we're gonna take a little break. And speaking of Victorian men, we're gonna talk about crazy Victorian beauty. Be right back.
We're back. Yeah, we are. Fashion. Oh, my headphones are falling off. <laughs> that was a very weird feeling. Oh, my gosh. You want to talk about a weird feeling? I forgot to talk about this shit. You know what? You want to talk about some creepy Victorian shit? What happened? So, I live in an old building yes. in D.C. It's one of like, the first luxury apartment complexes built in D.C. Right. Um, overlooks a hill. I'm not telling you where their address is. I want crazy people in my building. But it's really beautiful. <laughs> So the, the dishwasher broke, and my roommate, Anna, who I love to death, she's been on this show a bunch of times, um, she was like, we need to get the dishwasher fixed. I was like, okay, cool. Can you do that? Because I don't like doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't uh-huh. like handling, I don't like handling things. Uh-huh. So she does, and it's amazing. And they come to fix the dishwasher. The guy, the maintenance guy, he comes to me. He's like, this was in your dishwasher, like inside the, mecha- like the mechanics of the dishwasher. Was it and a strap-on? No, it was a recorder. Like what? a kid's recorder. What? Yes. Oh, that's bizarre. It was so bizarre. And I was freaked. Whoa. Buddy. So then when that, right before Just that- Just you ha- saying that out loud like creeps me out. So then know. when that, ha- right before that happened, I had dropped a glass like item that is, you know, it's an important item. So if it drops, there's like bad luck that is attached to it. So already I was just like, get the sage, get the Palo Santo, yes, yes. get this thing Cleanse out the house, girl. Mother- Cleanse this space, which I did. And then he presents me with this record. I was like, okay, I'm saging the house down. Take that out of So here. I literally had sage and Palo Santo in both my hands going through <laughs> each room. Being like, there is something in this house. Get out. If you start hearing recorder music at night. Girl, and then. Get out. Then Anna was cleaning out the, like, cabinets, and there was a Lego in the cabinet. And I was just like, okay, back to saging. I have to re-sage again, clearly. So you got some, like, baby ghosts. I have some baby Victorian baby dolls up in this house, like, for real. And speaking of baby dolls, this show is affectionately called Baby Doll, the weird, the weird world of Victorian beauty. Ah. <laughs> so, think about it. You're watching your favorite costume drama. It's set in London in like the 1850s, the height of you know Victorian fashion and the and the the start of new culture. The smog from the factories covers the city, and a young lady, fairly pretty girl, she awakes in a pool of ruffles and lace to the glowing sun. The next thing you see, she's fully dressed, downstairs at the breakfast table, ready to fake her, next swoon, ready to fake her first swoon of the day. Well, <laughs> how does she do it? How does she get dressed? How does she make herself have that beautiful porcelain doll-like skin? Without Poison. The- <laughs> and Monday, you are correct. I'm sorry. So kids, <laughs> so kids, we're here to talk about the weird, the weird world of Victorian beauty. I need to, that is a tongue twister. It is. So, words, 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 words. So before before the 1800s, in the 1700s, the height of French fashion was the was the style. Um, the British had a certain style as well, which I just mentioned, called the macaroni. So if people actually under- know the song or remember the song, Yankee Doodle went to town riding in the pony, stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni, right. it is not talking about the noodle at all. <laughs> 
And actually, to a certain degree, it is and it isn't. So the macaroni noodle was actually a new, brand new thing that was introduced into Italian cuisine. And so for people who took the great tour, which are the British aristocrats that went to Europe and took a tour of Europe, which is called the great tour, and came back, you were known as a very continental, international person. Okay. And so for someone who ate the new fashions of food, such as macaroni... Food fashion. Food fashion. Macaroni. They were this like, I mean, like they were at the the height of fashion. These people were, again, very similar or or pretty much styled like the European fops. Right. Who were these very powdered, overdone men or the coquettes who were the same way, who were the same way, young women who had money, who had means, but refused to to adhere to the establishment of the time, Mm -hmm. to the, to the, to the church. And went out and like really did the sex in the city thing to a certain degree where they were living the single life and partying it up and being super fashionable and doing fashionable things in fashionable places at fashionable times with fashionable people. I love saying fashionable. And, (laughs) And so out of this, you out of this, you had a huge divide in class Mm -hmm. and this idea of this extreme display of wealth was seen as pretty much gross by people who were not of a wealthy class or the the working class necessarily or the peasant class right and you had revolts happening all over europe but france was like the biggest one like that was the one to really cap it all off yeah and it was just hedonistic in blood and what you had not only did you have the streets rife with blood and wars and napoleon rising to power but you had the serious change in culture and the serious change in aesthetics and people don't understand that time people if you want to understand why that was so important is that in that time for france for france it was about Politics. Everything you did was political. Of course. What, the way you ate, everything was political, especially as a royal. Mm-hmm. And so for Marie Antoinette being the symbol of this, for people like Georgina, um, for like people like Georgina, Duchess of Devonshire, being the symbol of you know this new way of living and this new life and taking the ideas and subverting class and then taking that into you know, your own aesthetic. And like when Marie Antoinette went to the Petit Trianon years and was wearing peasant inspired clothing which i mean really wasn't i mean it had it was beautiful layers of silks not silks but chiffons and muslins um people were really pissed off about this they're like why the fuck you trying to be like us and we're suffering out here Mm -hmm. and you're living the best life you want to right you know what i mean she didn't say let them eat cake but she was definitely living that life Living that cake life. She was living that cake life. We know about that. Hashtag baby. living that cake life. Hey, hey. oh my god! All put day, that up every day. Put that up. All Hashtag day, living that cake day. life. Put it up on the put it up on the Facebook right now. And so there was a huge split from that, and it's interesting because I was talking to my roommate about this, and I was just like, you know, what's really interesting? None of Marie Antoinette's clothes, her actual clothing, survived the French Revolution. We don't actually have the clothing. We actually, the only thing that really survived was like her fashion plates of like designs huh. and her actual textile book. Okay. So that's the only thing that really survived. Interesting. Of like the clippings of textiles. And it's a Bible of a book. Like it's the book of shadows of textiles. <laughs> but the clothing never survived. Why? Because when the people went to Versailles, which was a women led um, march to Versailles, the first march to Versailles, the first thing they destroyed were the bedrooms. The royal bedrooms, right. which are the seats of power, literally. The next thing literally. they just, the, the next thing they destroyed were the closets and the clothes, and they ripped her clothes to shreds and burned them. And, yeah, they burned them, and they burned them. 
because they were the symbols of power. Like, literally. It was basically like burning the flag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or burning down the White House. Mm -hmm. And so, so the shift happened where people started dressing in something different. And so there's this whole movement of called the sen culotte, the men without pants. And, yes. But they were actually wearing pants, which is the funny, fucking funny thing about it, <laughs> the French and their humor. And because the fops were wearing knickers, they were wearing, they were showing their legs off. Right, the and calf. The calf. The and sexy calf. And people got rid of makeup and people were doing bare face. So it was about being streamlined, you know, ready to move, ready to be part of nature again, ready to get back to nature. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of going over to Britain was very popular because it was a safe haven for new ideas to a certain degree, yet there's a lot of tumultuous shit happening as well. I mean, it wasn't necessarily fucking safe. No. Um, this is the Napoleonic Wars, but it was still fashionable. After all of this, you get into the 1840s and 50s. Um, Queen Victoria is now, this is now risen to power. I mean, she's been crowned and all this other stuff, and she's being fabulous. She's living her tiny, short five-foot-two life. I am five foot two. Wasn't she like four four foot eight or something? She was super fucking short. She was really small. And she looked like a little doll. And she staunchly was against makeup. She hated fucking makeup because for makeup, it either represented the ancien regime, the old regime, or represented the theater, which were whores were in theater. People like of a lower class were in theater. Tarts. Tarts were in theater. Yes. But still, how do you attain this idea this crazy idea of female beauty that was set by men right of a very innocent doll-like you know porcelain skin slightly rosy cheeks you know a slightly rosy lip red not even red slightly rosy lip because it all represented being aroused in a way you wanted to look like you were always ready but still innocent like you were always ready to be taken at any time Do you know what I mean? Scandalous. It was scandalous. It was absolutely scandalous. Um, So how do you achieve that? Arsenic wafers. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, you're you're correct. And let's go into that. So one of the things they were using... So after going into these very like heavy lead powders that were put on the face that made the face very white in the 1700s, you went to doing something that was very like um, very light powder, and it actually wasn't as bad, but there was still arsenic in it and lead and lead mm-hmm. lower levels than before, but still enough to fucking harm you over time. Oh, yeah, they would end up with like holes in their holes face. in their face and everything like that. But can you do you mind expounding on that, Monday? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea was they wanted to look like they had never had to work in the garden or be outside ever so they wanted to be as pale and porcelain looking as possible but like you said they wanted to have that aroused kind of look and of course they also still had that obsession with being thin and waif like so you know people would catch tuberculosis on purpose and let me interrupt you really quickly because i was just about to talk tuberculosis so something that's really funny to me is that we know how trends work to a certain degree we have an idea a certain image gets out into the public and we attach ourselves to it and there's beauty in it and sometimes an image is negative and sometimes an image is very positive one one for instance in the 90s the heroin chic Right. Heroin was not cute. No. There's nothing actually cute about heroin. Absolutely not. When you get really addicted to heroin, you somehow always smell like piss. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. 
It ain't cute. However, cute. it became chic. Right. Because there was a beauty that we saw, a darkness that we saw that we attached ourselves to. Teetering and on the edge of teetering death. Teetering on the edge yes. of death. And the same thing was happening during the Victorian period, and that was tuberculosis. Yes. <coughs> as you cough. Oh, as I God, cough. I know. I know. The consumption of it all. <laughs> but so this is crazy. Think about this. It's the eighteen. It's the eighteen fifties. Yes. You're living your best life, yes. but people are still dying of tuberculosis. It is a disease that is very common. Yes, but and after having a disease that you just live with in society, like it's just it's it's hegemonic at this point. Mm-hmm. And it took a while to kill you. And too. it took a while to kill you. You lived and you saw people suffering from it. And one of those things were the watery eyes. Yeah, and people were very fascinated by the idea of watery eyes, Ooh. and they were very into the idea of watery eyes. And it was a it represented a doe like quality. So think about this: pale skin, you know, rosy cheeks, like you're just aroused with with watery eyes. You look like you're ready to go. Yeah, you look like you're you look like you're saying, "Give it to me now." Sorry for those women that had to suffer at the hands of these dumbass men that made you do this. My hat's off to you, you corset-wearing chicks of the Victorian era. But in Victorian England, women used to get like get, get coveted big eye look by dropping belladonna into the eyes to create the glowing look. The problem, however, also known as deadly nightshade, is that belladonna is straight up motherfucking poison. Straight up poison. It makes you trip out it makes in you not a fun way. trip balls. Yeah. Putting it into your eyeball made the pupils dilate. And yeah, it caused blindness. And so... There it is. Mm-hmm. Squirting citrus juice in the eyes also had the same effect. Ow. So, I mean, how but not killing you? Okay. You know? So, you know, it's a trade off. So, I like, you know, <laughs> maybe. So, Pain, like, not that. So, I was just like, so, like, we're getting ready. We're about to go out. Like, there's a cunt ball happening. You know what I mean? Like, you're getting yourself ready. I'm clearly not going to go with you because I'm black. Um, oh, no. But we're still friends because we probably work in the theater. So right. that's why we're friends. Right. But you're like, I got this invitation. Or maybe I probably would go with you, but it's like a fancy dress. And I'm going as like, I don't know, a more. Because that's what I would probably go as in some kind of BBC film. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you're like, girl, hand me my drops. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's wild. But you know what's really interesting, too, is that we do pretty much the same thing. We stick things in our eyes to make ourselves create these kind of dough-like looks or kind of a deep look. So nowadays, I mean, we're sticking very dark charcoal and chemical, you know. And mascara. And mascara into, like, right around the eyes. But we also put things into our eyes. Like, think about how many people use colored contacts. Uh, That's exactly what I was just going to say. Not to mention lash extensions. Lash extensions. Which really actually can blind you if you do them too much. And it's really funny that you mentioned that because that's something that we see fall out of fashion after the Egyptian, after like the the Egyptian Roman, Greco-Roman period. It was a very Egyptian thing to do to actually wear false lashes. Mm. And we see that fall out of fashion. Um, But I want to say that there were geishas still doing it within that whole geisha culture for many, many generations. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we don't see it until what, like, I want to say the 1930s or 20s, we see false lashes actually coming back into fashion right. with this idea of extreme beauty. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so another better alternative, going back to the eye drops, another better alternative was dropping lemon or orange juice into the eyes to achieve the same iris dilation. It definitely beats the poison, obviously. And you can imagine um, has a little bit lower of a pain threshold, um, dropping lemon directly into the eye. 
However, when you're squeezing squeezing it into the eye, um, it definitely <laughs> gives you like a temporary blindness. So yeah. imagine. <laughs> also just like see it like i'm ready to go and then like you get up course it up all tight in your laces and you just run into the door <laughs> i'm ready to go Boom. Oh, my gosh. oh my gosh my favorite was their lipstick oh my gosh well that's okay so this is really so i was watching heritage oh tell me about the lipstick because i want to i want to say something about the lipstick too but tell me about what you were gonna say about the well lipstick. yeah I, I just got really excited yeah well i you know especially like a side note as like a bug nerd it is especially fascinating to me because it was carminic acid it was made out of dried insects um, that was, yeah, it was the, exactly. the acid that was extracted from the dried insects, bodies and eggs. And it was mixed with like aluminum and arsenic and all <laughs> kinds of nasty shit. There's that good old arsenic always sneaking up in there. I mean, really? She's just so useful. She's so multi-purpose. She's like Windex. It's also, <laughs> by the way, still used. Oh, is it? Yeah, the carmine is, is still Oh, the carmine, yeah, the carmine. Well, thank God, not the, thank God not the arsenic. Right. I think they got, got the arsenic out. But so I was watching, so go into, going into that, I was watching this beautiful show on um, YouTube, because I, YouTube always brings me history shows and history clips to watch. And it's done by um, um, Rebecca Butchard. I think it's Rebecca Butchard. She is a fashion historian, beautiful British woman, super cute. And she does this kind of like heritage, um, she does this like heritage like recreation of like looks from the mm-hmm. different periods and she was doing the Victorian period which is what inspired this episode because I watched it a couple weeks ago and they were showing us how you put on the makeup because yes you can mix like the the dried beetle like the dried beetle husk and skins for that color and you get actually this very deep color but what they would do was mix it with either water or a little bit of like oil to then like dilute it heavily mm-hmm. and you put it on with just like a cloth just like a little bit of a cloth, just dab it and then rub it in. So it gives you this like heightened, just like extra, <laughs> just extra, you know what I mean? And it was actually really cute. It was really cute. I was like, this is some Bobby Brown shit right here. This is some bare minerals, early oh bare minerals God. moments. It's very natural. It's very natural. <laughs> One of my also favorite things is um, the use of mascara and soot and coal Mm -hmm. so coal was specifically kind of deemed for just prostitutes and the theater um it was very much so like victoria queen victoria is very against it she's very public as being a queen of everything as you can imagine very public about beauty and culture and how that affected you know the empire and so she wanted people to be on the same page she wanted people to she wanted to streamline the culture to have control over the culture Mm -hmm. because right before her it was the georgian period her uncles were crazy they were wild i mean a lot was happening and it was a very diverse culture that they were trying to really kind of rein in and beauty was a way to go through that i mean right now the korean government with k-beauty does the same thing all over the world with funding k-beauty and trying to rein in other cultures into their standard which i actually don't support k-beauty to a certain degree to try and make people white but that's a whole other issue um there's a lot of bleach in it um yeah um so another thing that hasn't changed another thing that hasn't changed (laughs) and so you know in 
her beauty regimen, she was very against the use of coal because it darkened the eyes too much. Mm -hmm. But again, what they would use was like a little bit of burnt castor oil, dark castor oil. So dark black castor oil comes from burning and charring the castor seeds to their black. Right. And then mixing it with another oil to dilute it. And then creating, letting it sit and then creating this oil it like mixes together. And so they would dilute it even more, like burn it and then dilute it and then do castor oil right over the eyebrows hmm. to like give it like a little bit of a darkening but also just like a little bit more prominence mm-hmm. and then for the actual eyelids just very very minimal again with a cloth going right at the lid and just doing like a little dab and then just like patting it in with the fingertips to just give it just a little bit of shadow. And even then, that was very extreme to do. Right. You know, that was like you getting your face painted like Kevin O'Quan, like back in the day. You know, like that <laughs> yes. was like really, really extreme to do. Yeah, I'm really uh, just hearing you talk about that. It's just amazing all the labor intensive things that people have done all throughout history to, to try to amplify and accentuate and trick the eye you know i'm really loving my no makeup life right now yeah i mean like this is really interesting too i mean for you you're a person that definitely used makeup to tell a story on your face yeah for many years and you are like bare i mean you already have like a pronounced beautiful face oh thank you so you never need makeup but you always utilize it very well and so how is that for you as a woman well or as a as a female as a female presenting person pardon me thank you excuse me because she because this person presents female but they are not fully female yes thank you i'm all of the things yes (laughs) but you know it's always been a way that i express myself um and i still will you know especially when i perform and stuff like that but then i realized that it was also kind of like a mask you know like a way of protecting myself and it's like no i need to just you know just radiate from within and just be wearing nothing but sunshine and and you know what i also want to just mention because this popped into my head how accessible the transformation is for you now and for so many people nowadays you know you can buy makeup pretty much anywhere Mm -hmm. you can buy makeup at the grocery store you can buy makeup at the gas station you can buy makeup anywhere at this period that we're talking about makeup was not produced at all really you had some people doing some products but even then it was still kept to a certain class a certain type of people and the the owning of products was very much so very looked down upon almost illegal and so women kept products in like medicine bottles and like hid products oh wow and the and it was really more a passing on of different recipes that people use in different parts you know, of the, of the empire, especially the Victorian empire, in which we saw probably, and I, mean, I can imagine us seeing, and I haven't fully seen the evidence yet, but I can imagine seeing variations of beauty, mm-hmm. of these standards happening, because you're using really just kind of like passed down household knowledge. Right. Um, um, Mrs. Beaton, who wrote Mrs. Beaton's household book, um, like the fir- first like household, like, home improvement, decorating, entertaining book um, that was actually mass-produced. Her husband actually wrote the book on beauty. Oh, wow. Which is really interesting. And also very not surprising. And not surprising. Men setting the beauty standards. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, these things were actually just passed down remedies. The Queen Victoria had had her lady's maid, did her hair every day, came up with these makeup solutions and these makeup remedies herself 
and use these on her. These weren't products that she was buying. It wasn't until the very late 1800s into the 1900s that we see the first products actually being mass produced or being produced for women and women on like a middle class to working class level using them first mm-hmm. before they went to the upper classes because it was still deemed unladylike. Right. Um, one of the last things that I wanted to cover before we go um, was the idea of hygiene. <laughs> this is where I get grossed out, but yes, let's talk about it. So for the longest <laughs> time, um, especially during the pre-revolution French period, yeah. um, makeup, you, makeup and fashion covered up a lot that hygiene did not take care of. Or people ignore when it came to hygiene. Perfumes covered up a lot of smells. People did not bathe as often. I mean, water was also, fresh water was very hard to come by in cities, number one. So people were not cleaning as often. But then also, the ideas of hygiene varied, honestly, from like culture to culture and from Mm -hmm. like town to town and city to city and family to family. Um, Marie Antoinette was deemed overindulgent because she liked to bathe at least once a week. If not twice to three times a week. Yeah. She was overindulgent. Oh, my goodness. Um, but then you had some courtesans, famous duchesses, who bathed like... They, you, had to, you had to knock them out <laughs> to get them in a bath. Oof. Like, you had to chloroform a bitch. Like, because, like, girl, you stink. Like, we can't breathe. But then the whole household would share the same bath water. Well, I mean, like, after, after, <laughs> after their master. Right, you know exactly. what I mean? If they're... If, you know what I mean? So like they got the dirty water. They got which I'm still like y'all could have reboiled that. It's not that yeah. You you could have reboiled like, that. You don't even need to do that to yourself. <laughs> like you could have boiled some more water. Come on. Don't act like you could get no water. Just relight that fire. You know, just use some goat's milk or something. I don't know. <laughs> like they're so luxurious. Oh my god. Um so the idea of hygiene was just it it varied. Um one of the things that's really interesting is in a beautiful book called The Unmentionable, Victorian Lady's Guide to Sex. <coughs> Sorry, I'm very dry mouth today. Oh, she got the tuberculosis. <clears throat> I know, I got the consumption. Um, in a book called the, Unmention- the Unmentionable, The Victorian Lady's Guide to Sex, Marriage, and Manners, Therese O'Neill explains that the upper classes would take the formal bath once a month. And by formal, I mean like soaking themselves in a tub, nothing like that meticulous. Women, for instance, would wash with a sponge soaked in water and vinegar during the weeks between baths. So like they would just like do kind of like do like a wash bowl body situation. Right, what they call a French bath. Yes. Still, even with that, with those baths, their cleaning wasn't like that thorough. Since it was forbidden for them to take a bath naked, you, so you would have, so since it was for for them to take a bath naked, you would have, you would have like pretty much a dirty robe over your body and would try to wash as, as you could. So one of the things that was really interesting about just the whole idea of beauty as well, that I think a lot of people forget because you would think, yeah, like, you're not really bathing that much. How do people stay clean? I know people stunk. How do people just not stink all the time? Because not yeah. everyone was stinking all the time. The thing is that people kept their clothes really clean. Mm-hmm. So cleaning and laundry and the laundress was a very important person in the household, a very important person in town, um, because people often kept their clothes clean. You would always have that one layer. You would have your bathrobe that you bathed in if you were wealthy enough, and then you had that other layer that you would wear, like pretty much the chemise for men, women, anyone. And that piece you actually kept very clean. You wanted to keep it very white. And that piece would pretty much was like, that's what would catch 
the dirt on like a daily basis. So then like the clothes over that, those other pieces, you couldn't necessarily wash the outer layers that often because they were very like meticulously done. You didn't want to ruin them that, especially the more delicate they were. Right. So, you know, people actually did, and a lot of people don't realize this, but if you were wealthy enough, you did keep a lot of clothing. Like, and wore them all at once. once. Not all at once, but like, you know, like <laughs> so things came in pieces, but also like you did keep a lot of clothing. I mean, Queen Victoria had a lot of clothing. She'd yes. have like three dresses in a wardrobe that she would see in a room in a period film. There was an entire warehouse dedicated to her clothes. Wow. Literally. So people, if you were wealthy enough, you did keep a lot of clothes. The shit was expensive. I need one but of those. You, I know. I need a warehouse for my clothes. I really need but a But you did keep a lot of clothes. So the idea of laundering the clothes was very, very, very important. And it's also very important in terms of keeping clean and keeping hygiene because those were the pieces, those underpieces, that shit would catch that bacteria, those diseases and everything like that. So not having a dirty one actually was a very important thing for people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say, because um, we live in a time where we are now very sanitary because people now wash, y'all can't do that. <laughs> right. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please bathe. Thank I mean, you. if anything, if you have learned anything from this show class is please check your arsenic. <laughs> check your arsenic levels. Um, we're going to go. This is another fun episode of the Beauty Archeo, your fashion history comedy podcast. Um, I always have a great time doing this show. And Monday, I, I know you're having a great time. You're just cheating from ear to ear over here. Always. I'm having a blast, baby. We will be back again. Please follow us on Instagram under the Beauty Archeo. Mm-hmm. You can also follow us on Facebook under the Beauty Archeo. And you know what? I think I might do a Twitter soon. Uh-oh. I got some things to say. Uh-oh. I think I got some things to say. Put some... <laughs> oh, shit. That will be outrageous. I know. I know. So you can follow us on Twitter starting today, honestly. It's okay. really easy. You just have to type things. It's all happening. I know. It's all happening right now. But I'm super <laughs> pumped to be here. I'm glad that Monday is now with us in the classroom. Yay. And everyone have a wonderful rest of your weekend. I'm going to have a pretty fun weekend. I'm performing in Baltimore. It's going to be crazy. Yes. Get it. Bye. Bye.